hi there. I'm Josh King. I'm the director of communications here at Perimeter Church, and I'm joined by John Morris. And John, what what's your title again? Yes, I am the executive creative director of Maze Creative and co-owner of that agency. And super glad to be here. I'm excited about this conversation. We mentioned in the intro, this is a mini series on the topic of technology. Many of our listeners may be familiar with the episode that we participated in together, Faith and Technology, as part of our Faith and series. And so this is kind of a spinoff of that as we take a deeper dive into a specific resource, the one that we talked about in that episode. And it's a resource that you created. And what we'd like to do is take the framework of this resource, of the gospel thread, and kind of dive into each element of that. And we've kind of broken it down into three components. And over the next several episodes, we're going to be taking each one of these. So we've got the reality, we have our responsibility, and ultimately the redemption opportunity. One of the things that we would want every listener to know and be aware of is our desire is not that anyone would walk away from this conversation or conversations that we'll have in later episodes feeling a fear or despair or sort of a dread when it comes to technology. My personal opinion would be most of technology is redeemable, is meant to be cultivated, and we should probably explore what those opportunities are. But I feel that the scripture speaks very clearly about the, the heart behind some of these these big topics that we're we're talking about. So the hope that yeah, the hope would be definitely to walk away encouraged and empowered to uh, to use technology in a way that is in line with our our faith. So really just to dive right in here, I think this resource again, Gospel Thread in a Digital Lamp Labyrinth, it It really starts out in an appropriate place, which is the reality that we're facing when it comes to technology. So, John, if you would, I think it'd be really helpful if you could kind of move us into the reality and what you mean by that, and maybe give us, for those that missed our Faith and Technology episode, maybe just a flyover of kind of your heart behind this resource and some of the inspiration for you that that really drove you to create this and and the way you've framed it out. Yeah, I'd say about maybe 6 8 months ago, can't quite remember when my two oldest boys, we have four boys, my two oldest come up to me and start asking me about, "Hey, can we watch this show? My friends are watching this show. Can we can, can we watch this? Why can't we watch that show or when can we get this device or that device?" I'd find myself saying, yes, no, yes, no, like, but really only from a kind of a a perceived parental uh, exhorting wisdom in my household, but it didn't seem like I had any personal strategy around digital choices that I made. And recognizing the window of time I had left with them in in my house and remembering my childhood thinking of, there was a point in time where I asked for forgiveness rather than permission and went to the, snuck out to the movie theater or did play this game or whatever it might be, digitally speaking. And I thought, I really need to, to train my boys on the why. 
why why can we watch this movie? Why can't we watch that movie or play this game or whatever it might be? And so that launched me into, well, how do I, how do I form a digital strategy? I, I really thought, well, what I don't want to do is just add another opinion kind of thought piece onto the mix, onto the heap. Mm. I, I really wanted to, to hear statistically what, what's going on out there. And I know it's been really a decade plus since the emergence of social media in, in a meaningful way. And so studies I know are out there. So I wanted to have just statistical data in my hand. What's actually happening across the digital landscape? And then on the other hand, the word of God. And I wanted to really get a comprehensive view of both to really see what the narrative is and where I can, the best of my ability, align a strategy that is in accordance with the Word of God, and so that was kind of the 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 origins of it. And this Greek myth really just kind of kept coming up in my mind, and I don't know quite why it, it kept coming up in my mind, but it was the the Greek myth of of Theseus and and the beast inside the labyrinth or maze, if you want to call it that. And in short, it's basically this 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 hero going over to the island of Crete in, in order to save his people who were being sacrificed into this labyrinth to this deadly beast and said, hey, I, I want to offer myself to go in and save my people by killing this, this beast inside of this deadly labyrinth that nobody could navigate in. And right before he goes into the, the labyrinth, the, the princess of Crete hands Theseus a spool of, of thread and a sword to go into the labyrinth. And the spool, of course, we know, was to help lay a path for himself to know how to get out, if indeed he did kill the beast, which prior to this princess didn't have any means to do that except his bare hands. And so I thought, huh, we're this is a really cool way to look at this as I think we all have our own maze in front of us in terms of like a digital labyrinth with all of the things, the devices, the apps, the the platforms, so on and so forth, where unless we have some way to help us navigate through these things, it would be easy to to fall victim to the schemes of the evil one. And we know from scripture that he's prowling around like a beast waiting for somebody to devour. So I could go on and on, but that in short was kind of how I used kind of the, the labyrinth idea is to kind of get in the mind of of my boys when they can kind of understand that concept that there's a labyrinth of filled with traps and a deadly beast inside i know that sounds fear-mongering but i think that it it presents a reality that that the scriptures speak to and i think that with that context we can have a very healthy way to enter into the digital labyrinth and so that is kind of the origin story behind it but that leads into the reality which is knowing what, what's before us. We have to know kind of statistically what's going on. There's one statistic that, that jumped out at me where the average amount of time worldwide that we spend in front of a screen is seven hours a day. Mm-hmm. And Gen Zers spend half their waking time in front on their phones, in front of their phones every day, and three hours of that is scrolling endlessly through social media. 
And I, I looked at that and I said, oh my goodness, like that's it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time being formed by a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But those are just a few statistics that kind of entered into this first string, if you want to call it that, which is the, the reality, knowing the reality. And what I love about that is it's, it's really kind of taking a step back, getting a lay of the land and really just trying to build an awareness. And that's why I, I think what you said in the beginning of kind of hearing what is the world saying? What is the world experiencing? Because so much of this technology, I mean, we're only talking about a few decades old and just how much technology has advanced and innovated and really evolved in, in that relatively short amount of time. Mm-hmm. I think just growing up, you know, really on the the verge and really the beginnings of so many of these technologies that have just morphed and rapidly just swept the world by storm. So, so many in the world now have iPhones or smartphones. So many are on social media. So it's, it's a reality of the world we live in. It's not just something new anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think about Gen Z, they're growing up and there, there are new innovations and technologies that they aren't, they aren't pioneering these. They're, they're growing up as digital natives. Right. And this is just the reality that they will always know. Some of the content and the resource that I really appreciated, you including, was just this rich trove of, of data as you're just looking at what is the world experiencing? What are they saying? So I'd love to, love to hear some of the ones that, some of those data points and stats that really jumped out at you, just kind of underscoring, hey, it's more than just the church that's really trying to figure out and, and ask questions about technology. The world as a whole is figuring out what does this mean to life as we know it now. E-Tactics reports that 68% of Americans believe that screen time affects mental health negatively. I think we would say no big shocker there. I think everybody senses, yeah, too much of it, not, not a great thing. Yet, 65.6%, almost 66% of people check their phones 160 times a day. About 55% of us use our phones while driving, or uh, Americans admitted to in this survey. The admission is important. (laughs) And texting while driving, we all know that, like, it's against the law these days. We grew up, and you could do that, but then it's like, hey, not a great idea. And another statistic here is 88% of us are uncomfortable leaving our our home without our phone with us. According to cyberbullying statistics, young people 10 to 16 who accessed or shared sexual content or images of cyberbullying or violence had up to 50% higher chance of suicidal thoughts. And with that, 90% of teenagers believe that their peers are sexting in some type of way. Half of those admit to having received a a sext at some point, and a quarter of those said that they forwarded that sex without the the permission of the sender. And so, obviously, some some alarming statistics there. Now, going into content, something that's kind of near and dear to my heart because I'm a I'm a movie lover is I did I did my own independent study here where in 2022 the top 
10, out of the top 10 shows out there on streaming services, six out of 10 were rated TVMA, and the top five were TVMA. And 61%, according to movieguide.com, of all original Netflix content is TVMA. And so lots of edgy, as if we want to call it that, or adult-oriented content being put out there. We could talk about the dark web over the past three years. It's risen. Access points to the the dark web have risen 300% over the past three years. And 30% of Americans admit to regularly accessing the dark web. Really quick, if you don't know dark web, that's really just anonymous viewing and, and this whole other internet of sites that you can view anonymously primarily, I would say most would agree that it's used for illegal activity. And so something to be, to be um, um, just aware of. And uh, the conclusion I came to with these statistics is that it's kind of a statement. Has there really been anything in human history that we've been so dependent on, influenced by, and empowered with like technology of the 21st century, and just in terms of the depth and the breadth and just some of these statistics that we shared. Right. And it's accurate to say, I mean, technology and all of its many forms, it really has taken the world by storm. And this is something we talked about in that Faith and Technology episode, but just this is not, even though the technologies and innovations are, are new, a lot of the questions that we have to ask are the same questions that really every human being, and we would say certainly within the church, we've had to ask ourselves as things become a little bit more accessible, as things become easier, as things become more efficient or cost-effective, and all these things that technology can do in a good way, the reality is that there is an enemy that has an alternative use that can be very pervasive. And so for all the good that technology can do, there's also a lot of bad. And even going back to what we said in the beginning, ultimately our perspective is, and what we don't want to land on is, hey, avoid any and all technology that you can. I think what what you're trying to say is this awareness of the reality around us, is it, it's a good place to to start because as we venture into what we would call the digital labyrinth and just all the many paths we could take, it's healthy to be aware of the paths that we do want to avoid and the places and the corners of that labyrinth where we don't want to go, um, mm-hmm. that there are, there are dangers. Um, there are a lot of dangers in this reality. And as I think more and more studies are showing, just an obsession with screen time is resulting in a lot more anxiety, the toll that it's taking on particularly Gen Zers who are also kind of coming through that COVID generation or they've gone through COVID and the isolation of a global pandemic and technology kept us connected in a lot of ways that we wouldn't have before, but it also kind of elevated just the awareness of this amplified screen time isn't all healthy. And so there are repercussions on us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And so I think what you're saying with starting here in the reality is, hey, we just need to have a very healthy understanding of what's happening in the world so that we know 
how do we turn attention to the the proper God honoring way to approach technology? That's absolutely right. And, I, and again, this first kind of thread of the or strand of the gospel thread, the reality is, I think, necessarily kind of weighty, and and it leads to a, a a very redemptive kind of landscape. I think I think you'll you'll agree with with this after we we get there. But uh, so like I just read the statistics, and and one more that, that kind of popped up is the New York Times published an article while I was writing some of this content, and the title was This Life and Death, and as it pertains to mental health and technology, and particularly Gen Z, and they had two graphs. One was hospital beds allocated to self-inflicted injuries since 2009-ish to current, and then the other graph had screen time usage three hours plus, and males, females, and these graphs look really eerily similar in terms mm. of their nature and their design. And the, conclu- the conclusion was there's a correlation in the data between self-inflicted wounds and unregulated screen time. And that's just the data. What, what are we going to do with that? And it it's, can seem demoralizing just to, to look at the data at face value and say, oh my gosh, this is, this is so incredibly dangerous. But on the other hand, the Word of God is timeless. We know that it always speaks like a double-edged sword, really, into any issue. And so while coming, coming through these statistics, I, I went to the Word of God just to you know, really see what the heart of the issue is, particularly with these kind of darker statistics. And the reality I found, in my opinion, is threefold is that we're in an ongoing war. All of us are in an ongoing spiritual war. We have a common enemy, actually three common enemies, and those enemies have a specific strategy utilizing technology that's working against us. That enemy wants to dismantle absolutes. Hmm. Is anything that is saying, I am the source of truth, other than what's within us, is is kind of bucked against. And the second one is to distort our, our morality and by by the cultural the cultural kind of current working its way through the digital landscape, it seems that that, that moral norms are becoming more fluid and more kind of defined subjectively. And then the third is if we destroy absolutes, disorient our morality it's going to really lead us to a kind of a destructive kind of pattern. And that's right. where I think the statistical data we end with, it's destroying our lives. Well, it's because those absolutes have been compromised. Our morality has been kind of broken down into and made subjective to whatever we think is right and wrong. And then it, that plays out in a very sinister way, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Something else that I think about as we talk about technology is it would be really easy for us to kind of be driven by technology mm-hmm. versus being in the driver's seat. So there's the right. passivity and then there's that I am actively engaging in technology with purposefulness, with intention versus just kind of going along with whatever the latest trend in culture is, whatever the next streaming platform show, social media 
and that's the labyrinth. It would be mm-hmm. so easy just to get caught in it and to be weaving in and out and not really knowing where we're going or caring <laughs> where we're going. So that's, I think that's where the, the resource that you've put together, I think is, is really beneficial just to help us put ourselves in the driver's seat. I think it puts us in a position to start driving the way we use technology versus feeling as though we're being driven by it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think one thing I would add is we're all a part of a spiritual war. mm -hmm. And that's, we see that since Genesis three with the fall of man, but the, the Westminster confession of faith, which is a, a kind of a, a, some doctrine that we, we, we subscribe to in the PCA refers to sanctification, the time between we're saved and when we're with Jesus in heaven is an irreconcilable war between the flesh and the spirit. Mm -hmm. And we see this riddled through the new Testament primarily that either we're slaves to the flesh, slaves to the spirit. And I think acknowledging that in light of these statistics is knowing that are we, am I on a daily basis putting on the spiritual armor that's laid out in, as Paul writes, and if I'm not, I'm kind of being tossed to and fro by whatever's going to seem to be the most appealing, latest and greatest type of thing. On the one hand, we have an enemy who thrives in chaos, and then on the other hand, we serve a God who is a God of order Mm -hmm. and design. And so really what we're talking about is how can we live in that order? How can we live with design and and intentionality in what could otherwise just be a a really chaotic world that just kind of tosses us to and fro? And so I think about just Jesus's own words to his disciples when he says, hey, I'm sending you out. But as you go, you were to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And it's kind of a convicting passage, but I think about this conversation, I think about technology and I can't help but think, man, that is, um, that's one of those examples where, Hey, we need to approach it with our eyes wide open and to be aware of the dangers and, and to be wise and to rely on the spirit's wisdom. But we also want to be living innocent before God and not really pursuing sin or not passively living in such a way that sin is kind of owning us and the, the chaos of the world is just driving us. So how do we, how do we position ourselves so that we're, we're living in the world and we're moving into the world with gospel intentionality? So love that. So if that's the reality, then I think that sets us up really well for part two, which is a closer look at our responsibility. So as we start to live into the reality of the world and we're using technology, what does it look like to do that with a sense of responsibility? And what does that even mean? So, yeah. Awesome. So, all right. It's been a fascinating entry into the conversation, John. So I look forward to part two. (laughs) 